Thanks for listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast. We upload new episodes every Monday and Friday. Be sure to listen to Uncaged Voice on Twitch or YouTube and listen to the Red Pill Current News Podcast on all major audio platforms every Wednesday and Saturday for current news and special interviews. Here are your hosts, Donny Cage and the Kentucky Guy. Ah, and welcome to Against the Mat, a wrestling podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, the Kentucky Guy. And I'm Donnie Cage. Oh yeah, the heavyweight champion of the world, Mr. Cage. How's it going, sir? It's going awesome, Kentucky Guy. My uh, my Eagles won their opening game of the season, so I'm really happy about that. <laughs> well, I tell you one thing about your Eagles, you have a heck of a quarterback, so... Uh, he is, uh, I followed him all through college, uh, when he played for Alabama and then moved on. And, uh, when he had the, uh, issue with, the tongue of with Alabama and, uh, he's a heck of a, a heck of a quarterback. Uh, now folks, we do not talk football here. <laughs> uh, we do talk pro wrestling. This is your first time turning in. We talk about, uh, present, past and future promotions and superstars. We are on all major platforms, including Spotify, Apple iTunes, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and the list goes on. We do drop an episode, two episodes a week, normally on Sunday and Tuesday. And also, Mr. Cage, the heavyweight champion of the world, he does co-host another podcast. Go ahead and tell them about Uncaged Voice, sir. Yes, if you want to see, uh, listen to all of our episodes we've done to date, you can go to our official YouTube channel, and it is the Uncaged Voice Podcast, co-hosted by myself, Jigsaw Jester, and Top Tier Rated. We talk about all sorts of topics, entertainment-related, gaming-related, a little bit of wrestling, the list goes on and on. ton of different fun topics. Yeah, folks, if you get a chance, check them out. Uh, it is a very fun time when you do uh, get a chance to watch that podcast. Also, if you're into current events, different types of interviews with interesting people, uh, politics, and just everything going on in this big, crazy, beautiful country of ours, I do host the Red Pill Current News Podcast. Uh, we drop a couple episodes a week as, when we're on track. <laughs> and, uh, you know, get a chance to check us out. Now, if you'd ever like to be a guest on this show or have any questions for Mr. Cage or myself, you can always... Email us at olkentucky99 at yahoo.com. That's olkentucky spelled out, 99 at yahoo.com. Also in our uh, description in every single show, you can uh, check out our merch shop and all the links to our current social media. So check that out as well. All right. So a lot of stuff going on in this, in this sport that we love, that we're here for. 
and it's going to be a lot of fun. I got a feeling for the next couple months in the wrestling world. But let's see, before we get started, let's go ahead, or before we get into any news, let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Tony Khan and the Dynamite results. All right, so let's start off. We had a Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament quarterfinal. Trent Beretta, believe it or not, versus, uh, he's part of that Best Friends gimmick, uh, versus Roderick Strong. And your winner, Roderick Strong. Yeah. And he will be going against the winner of this match, another Grand Slam World Title Eliminated Tournament quarterfinal. We had Darby Allen versus his uh, good friend, best friend, Nick Wayne. And your winner, duh, Darby Allen, which Nick Wayne did good. I thought it was kind of cool. How Darby Allen still showed that he was uh, friends. He didn't want to hurt his friend, I guess, or embarrass him. And he did not do the coffin drop on him. I thought that was okay. I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. Because you don't see that anymore in this sport. And uh, I think we do need to. Yes, I like the bad guys. I'm a heel. But I do like sportsmanship. And um, I like that a lot. What would you think about those two matches, sir? It's, it's always good to see uh, talent of this caliber showcased on Dynamite um, and not just be relegated to Rampage, which is a show that people really don't watch, um, where, whereas Dynamite still has pretty good viewership numbers. So these were some uh, good matches uh, for the undercard on Dynamite, and it's good to see Roderick Strong and Darby Allen both advance. I think they are the right people to move on to the next round of the Eliminator Tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, folks, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. Uh, tonight, uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, we will I will be on the Night Crew podcast live. It's a live stream on YouTube. So if you get a chance, check that out. It's mainly uh, politics and current events, but uh, we do get in some heated discussions there. But I meant to give that out at the beginning, and I forgot. <laughs> Yeah, see, let's move right along. Oh, we had the uh, Lee Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara versus Ozzy Open, the former Ring of Honor uh, World Tag Team t- uh, Champions. So earlier in the match, let's talk a little bit about the, your winners, by the way, were Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, but some things happened in this match. Like early in the match, Jericho, he dove over the top rope and he missed his target and he actually landed on his partner. Sammy Guevara. Then later in the match, uh, one of the guys on Aussie Open, Fletcher, he hit Jericho uh, with a super kick followed by a flying kick into the corner. He then gave Jericho a brain buster for a two count. I, I thought right here is where these guys were going to actually upset Chris Jericho. I don't know if it had been an upset or I thought they were going to beat him. Let's put it that way. Uh, and then he gave him, uh, let's see, then he whipped Jericho into the ropes. Jericho came off of them with a knee to Fletcher's chin. He charged at Fletcher. Fletcher moved out of the way, and he flew into Sammy Guevara again. Uh, he rode up Jericho near the pin, a two count, but then Jericho got up, and he hit him with the Judas effect, which we don't see enough of, and he pinned him, one, two, three, and the winners, Lee Sexcott. Now, after the match, he was talking. You could tell he was trying to tell Sammy Guevara 
you know, hey, man, it was an accident. Guevara pushed him, turned around. Jericho turned him back around forcibly, and he pushed him again. They began, they got into a pushing match. Security came in and broke it up. Guevara left through the crowd. He didn't even go backstage. So I don't know what the future holds there. I know there's been tension there for a while, ever since the Don Callis things. But I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I mean, Sammy's been in the game long enough. He knows uh, He knows that none of this was on purpose. Accidents happen in this sport. But uh, I thought it was interesting. Maybe, maybe, he, maybe these two are going to split. Well, you talk about a feud. That'd be a pretty good match. Uh, your thoughts? I mean, I just wish AEW would make a decision on what's going to happen here. Are these two going to go their separate ways? Or are they going to stay united as a tag team? Because a couple months ago, AEW was teasing that they were going to go their separate ways because the Jericho Appreciation Society broke up. And it looked like Jericho was going to team up with Don Callis. And that didn't happen. And now he's back being good buddies with Sammy Guevara. I mean, I I feel like it's time for AEW to move on from this storyline. If you're going to have them wrestle, just let them wrestle one, you know, and get it over with finally and give them both something fresh to do. Well, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. The thing is, is Jericho, one of the reasons why he's the goat is because he's always, he always knows how to manipulate people around him for his best interest. He did it with Kevin Owens in the WWE and, uh, he's done it ever since he's been there with uh, Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara doesn't need Jericho. Jericho needs him, believe it or not. So I think that's why, and they're kind of showing that Jericho, he's, he, he's so smart. He's so talented. You've got you've to gotta bypass and not look at just what he does in the ring, but the whole mentality and the story that he tells. So I, I think that's a big part of what they're doing. I I could assume that's the only thing that makes sense anyways. Then we had the TBS Championship Open Challenge. Uh, Chris Statlander, current champion, faces Emmy Sakura. Uh, winner, of course, Chris Statlander. Uh, she's not going to lose it on uh, an episode of Dynamite. We had the International Championship Open Challenge with your new champion, John Moxley. And he went against A.R. Fox. And still, international champion, John Moxley. Uh, what do you think about those two matches, sir? I'm just really not into the uh, TBS championship uh, right now because, as we've talked about numerous times, Kentucky guy, Chris Statlander was off television for months, had lost most of her matches before she was off television, and then she just came back and squashed Jade Cargill. Um, and you know, she's been defending her title and winning her matches, but I'm just not really that invested to be perfectly honest. That's yeah, me either. Me. I'm sure she's got plenty of fans out there, but I'm, I'm not invested in it. Um, but what I am invested in though, is seeing John Moxley as the international champion and he looked strong in his open challenge and I'm looking forward to him holding on to that title for a good while. Yeah, I thought it was, uh. You know, he's a, he's a tough competitor. Boy, did you see the uh, reception uh, Jay Cardhill got when she came back on a Collision last night? I, I was legit surprised by that. Uh, the, you know, it was like the crowd was happy to see her. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think they feel the same way we do about Chris Statlander. She does not. She just doesn't feel like a champion. You know, we got tired of the undefeated streak with Jake Hardhill, but she always felt like, you know, she was a true champion. So, uh, then in the ring, MJ, uh, MJF said he will be defending the AEW championship on September 20th at Arthur Ashe Stadium. He said there is one person that needs to be taught a lesson. Boom. Then old big old Samoa Joe comes out. MJF uh, said Joe came out here so quickly because he must have confused his ring entrance music with an ice cream truck. Joe said the last time he had anything to do with ice cream with an ice cream truck was when he was busy being the biggest star of the other company's network. Talking about Peacock. Uh, Samoa Joe called uh, MJF a kid and asked him what his problem was. So basically, this segment here was decent. It went back and forth. They talked a little bit about uh, when MJF tried out for WWE and he didn't make it and he became a security guard and Joe pushed him into a wall and all this. Basically, what it is is Joe and I really don't like this. Uh, first of all, I'm getting uh, I'm tired of these tournaments anyways. But basically, Joe says he's going to win this tournament and come after MJF's title. Now, I don't think Joe has a prayer of capturing the title, but... It kind of, it's just like these, any other time they have one of these tournaments, they've kind of told you who the winner is going to be. And I think that uh, that's exactly what's, uh, what they're planning on doing. So, I don't know. What do you think about that segment? I like the segment. I like the back and forth between MJF and Joe. And I'm sure it'll be a good match when they finally collide. But for the most part, we've seen that, you know, Tony Khan's plan for Samoa Joe is to make him one of the faces of Ring of Honor because of his history with that promotion. Yeah, he does appear on AEW television and wrestles at pay-per-views, but he's the Ring of Honor television champion. He's not the AEW television champion. So we know that's going to be the main focus. That being said, you know, until you have the next big challenger that comes around for MJF, you've got to fill the void somehow. And at least you know that Joe is an established star Who's going to give him a tough match? It's not going to be a cakewalk for MJF. There's no question about it. Do I think Joe's going to be the guy to unseat him? I mean, I wouldn't complain if it happened because I'm a big Samoa Joe fan, but I don't see that happening. MJF is still way too popular right now. You can't take the belt on him, especially not at this stage, especially when there are more pieces to the story between him and Adam Cole. Yeah, and I, uh, yeah, you're talking about the next big challenge. You know, you've, you've got him in a storyline with Adam Cole right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, boy, I think Joe's had that belt way too long. Uh, you know, I mean, come on, CM Punk beat him. <laughs> so, all right, so let's move on uh, very quickly to uh, SmackDown. The SmackDown yes, uh, Friday night result. Now, even though the Tribal Chief wasn't on SmackDown this week, I actually enjoyed SmackDown. I thought they did a very good job. Uh, they had uh, some storylines that they kept building off of, and uh, they had some decent matches. I was very surprised, very pleasantly surprised. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh, the main event was AJ Styles versus uh, Jimmy Uso. Now, here's the thing. There was a backstage segment that started this match. This match wasn't planned from the very beginning. Uh, basically... 
AJ Styles walked up to Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman, of course, the antagonizer, uh, ran his mouth. AJ put his uh, hand around his throat. And then uh, Jimmy Uso attacked AJ Styles from behind. Now, Jimmy Uso, from everything that I've seen on the SmackDown, he's trying to get back into the bloodline, like in favor with Roman Reigns, the tribal chief. That come out of nowhere. That wasn't the case. That hasn't been the case, but, you know, and, and I'm, it's going to come out. It had nothing to do with the love of his, I said this all along. It has nothing to do with the love of his brother. That's not why he interfered and cost him the title. It's jealousy. But anyways, so they had this match. AJ Styles is the winner. He does win. He hits a phenomenal forearm. But then, as he's walking up the ramp, the Judgment Day show up out of nowhere. And they take AJ Styles. They beat him down just a little bit. And they serve him to Solo Sequoia, who uh, AJ actually did a, uh, a punk kick to because he was trying to interfere in his match. And then Solo, of course, you know, he did the, the throat punch or spike that he does. But what, what's, what is up with that? Is there some kind of collusion going to happen with the Judgment Day and uh, the bloodline? I don't know. Kind of odd. Very odd. And then to caveat off that, we did have Charlotte Flair and Shotzi versus Damage Control. Uh, your winner Charlotte Flair and Shotzi. Because the former women's champion showed up, Asuka, and distracted Bailey, And it was good to see Asuka back. She's doing the evil Asuka paint still. I think that's cool. And she plainly showed what her intentions are. She's coming back after her title. And she should be a do a rematch anyways. So that's, that, should be, that should be a good match between her and Eos Guy. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches? I thought, I thought it was a good main event, um, AJ Styles against Jimmy Uso. Um, although I think WWE got some of the names uh, confused here because I thought it was main event Jay Uso, not main event Jimmy Uso. Looks like he's trying to steal that title from his twin brother. But uh, pretty solid match overall. Um, the Judgment Day, once again, uh, you know, getting the spotlight in the main event. And in many ways, it's almost like they've kind of taken over as the top heel faction in WWE almost from the bloodline, even though the bloodline is still, the storyline is go, still going strong, even without Roman Reigns being on TV. Um, my issue with the women's tag team match is that it's like every other week they pair Charlotte Flair with a new tag team partner, and they always beat Damage when it should be the opposite. Damage control should be winning matches. I mean, Io Sky is the WWE women's champion. So she and Bailey should be winning matches, not losing them. So uh, yeah, if you're going to keep that faction, I mean, they need to start winning some matches. You're right. Is that all you had? That's all I had, except for the fact that I'm excited. I am excited for a possible match between Oscar and Io Sky. Yes, I cannot wait. And then uh, speaking a little bit about what you were talking about, uh, the next match we had the Brawling Brutes. Uh, take on the Judgment Day. Judgment Day won the match, of course, and they should have. And after the match, though, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits came out. And they pretty much had what you would call like a stare down with Judgment Day. And Lashley, this comes right out of the, 
out of what you were just talking about, uh, Mr. Cage. Lashley told uh, Damian Priest he was right when he said that the bloodline is crumbling, but it's going to be them taking over SmackDown, not the Judgment Day. Now, here's what I see. Right now, Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, because, mainly because of the Street Profits, are what you call a baby face right now. But I see these guys turning heel. I've seen WWE do this, I don't know how many times over the years. And I look for these guys to just automatically, on a dime, become bad guys. When they do, watch out. Because I think that's going to be a pretty dominant faction. I don't think they're going to be as good as the Judgment Day. Uh, they could be if they added Omos and uh, MVP to it. But if they just stay right there with the three-man team, they're not going to be as good as Judgment Day. But it should be fun to watch. So, And then the last match, I'll go ahead and go over it. Uh, L.A. Knight versus Austin Theory. Uh, this match started because of uh, Austin Theory and Grayson. The, the Waller effect, whatever you call it. And uh, he actually tried to interfere in the match. Didn't work out for him. And your winner, and who, a guy who's been getting a mega push, and it's well-deserved, L.A. Knight. Uh, your thoughts on those matches, sir? Just happy to see L.A. Knight pick up another win on TV. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> L.A. Knight. Um, did, you hear, did you also hear, Kentucky guy, that Grayson Waller and... Austin Theory are technically a team now. A town down under. Yeah, they bought. They won. Uh, they won that tag match the week before. Now they're like think they're the greatest tag team. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mind the pairing because they're two rising stars. And to be perfectly honest, their storylines that they're doing individually aren't very interesting. So pairing them together, having another tag team, it, you know, it, it, it couldn't hurt. Is all is all I'm saying. Um, as far as the Bobby Lashley Street Profit segment where they confronted Judgment Day, I'm, I'm intrigued to see where that goes because I've been wondering for weeks what they're doing with Bobby Lashley and the Street Profits, and it's clear that they're on a collision course with Judgment Day, and I am there for it. And it was also good to see Judgment Day, the new tag team champions, pick up a win on television. This is what you should be doing. This should not have been a case where they lost a non-title match to the Brawling Brutes. They have to win whether the title is on the line or it's not on the line. They're the tag champs. They need to look dominant. I agree, and I think they're going to keep those belts for a while. I wasn't sure when they first won them, but uh, from what I'm seeing, the, the way that they're going with the, these guys, I think they're going to keep those belts for a little bit, which is I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. All right, so let's get into collision results. We'll go through this kind of quickly, but I will say that Collision was very good this week as well. Uh, and from the reports that I've got, not the dirt sheets, but the people I know, the locker room morale at Dynamite and Collision this week, I never asked about Rampage, was off the chart. That's what I hear. I hear everything, everybody's getting along. And you can tell because they had some great matches. Uh, let's go. Uh, John Moxley defended his international title against Action Andretti. Uh, of course, uh, John Moxley won that match. This was actually a pretty good match. This is probably the best I've seen this Andretti guy wrestle since the time that uh, he upset Chris Jericho in that match. He really hasn't done much uh, since. He's been trying to tag team, but I think he's more of a singles competitor because he looked pretty good. 
But of course, John Moxley won the match. But now you have to say Andretti controlled the biggest part of the match, especially the beginning. So, and then we had Chris Stanlander defend her TBS title again. Uh, and that, I like that these champions aren't getting such a break and they're just defending the title once a month or whatever. Yeah, defend them back and back, back to back shows. Show them that they're true fighting champions. She defended her title against Robin Renegade. I was mainly talking about John Moxley, though, not Chris Stanley in there. But she did defend her title, and, of course, she won the match. I uh, don't know why they keep it on her, but I don't know who Robin Renegade was. So, anyways, your thoughts on those two matches. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> again, I didn't think Action Andretti stood a chance against John Moxley, but it is good to see you know a young guy put up a little bit of fight and show you what he really can do in the ring. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. Good to see John Moxley retain the title, though. And, you know, as far as FTR goes, I mean, you know, right now I'm still wondering, like, what direction they're going to go in the future. But, you know, right now they're doing this whole open challenge thing, which we'll, we'll see how long that lasts. That'll probably be a two- or three-week thing, and then on to the next feud. <laughs> but, uh, you know... You know, both both good matches, both good overall solid matches. Who did who did you say the second one was? I thought I said FTR, unless I unless I heard wrong. Yeah, yeah, you did say FTR. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> boy, you got me. Threw me off. Uh, the second match was Chris Statlander defending her title against Robin Renegade. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I was getting the order of the matches mixed up. That's why. Um, once again, Kentucky guy, um, who is Robin? Who is Robin Renegade? I've never heard of her. Um, and Chris Statlander, okay, you know she she wins her match and then gets beaten down after the match. Jade Cargill makes her big makes her big comeback. I mean, that was the highlight of the segment. Here was her return to television. That was the highlight of the segment, not the match itself. So I think it's only a matter of time before Jade Cargill is on a court uh, uh, on a path to win back the TBS championship. I have to agree with you. I think uh, I think they're going to put that title back around her. And you know what? I'm actually I'm actually okay with that because I'm tired of seeing Chris Statlander every week. I don't think she's that great. I I don't know. Maybe she just left a bad taste in my mouth when she because I know how many matches she lost before she got injured. But I just not a fan. We had Bullet Club Gold take on the Masked Men of Aerostar, uh, Inframuto, and Gravity. Uh, Jay White could not make it to the match this week. Uh, so they, uh, so it was, it was originally supposed to be uh, an eight-man tag. They took it down to six because Jay couldn't do it. And uh, yeah, Bullet Club Gold, of course, won the match. I thought that was great. Ray Phoenix had a match after that versus Angelico. Now I haven't seen Angelico on AEW. Maybe I've just overlooked it. He's a he's a he's a, a former Ring of Honor star in uh, Lucha Underground. Uh, the guy can the guy can go. Ray Phoenix was able to uh, capture the victory on here, but I like Angelico. I hope that uh, I hope AEW keeps him around and treats him a little bit better than uh, he's been treated in other promotions because this guy's definitely a champion. Uh, your thoughts on those two matches, sir? Bullet Club Gold, they're they're making them look continue making them look strong. I'm I'm 100 there for it. It is a shame we didn't get to see Jay White on uh, on television because he's the the biggest star of that faction. 
But, um, you know, hopefully he can take care of whatever personal issues he was dealing with this week and will be back on television quickly. Um, and then, you know, Ray Phoenix, the man's a freak of nature. He defies the laws of uh, gravity sometime with, sometimes with his uh, athletic ability. So always good to see him on television. Uh, yeah, Angelico looked pretty good against him. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't just a one-sided squash. So, uh, yeah, yeah, some good, uh, some good uh, action. And then we had uh, the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Tournament uh, semifinal. And a match, we had uh, actually uh, Darby Allen versus Roderick Strong. Now, with some shenanigans going on and Darby Allen uh, losing the tension, uh, he did lose the match, and Roderick Strong is now in the final, believe it or not. Uh, and this is how we know who's going to win this match. He's in the final of the uh, champion elimination tournament. The next match was also a tournament match, and it was Ray Phoenix's brother, Penta, versus Samoa Joe. Penta, who wrestled his butt off, and really you could tell this match meant something to him, did lose, and your winner was Samoa Joe. Now you have Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong. And the winner will face MJF. Gee, I wonder who that's going to be. See what I mean? It just it made this tournament, even if you're like me and you're already sick of the tournaments anyways, it makes this one even worse because now it's boring. You know how it's going to end. Uh, your thoughts, sir? Uh, Kentucky guy, I'm just kind of tired of tournaments because AEW overuses them. Instead of saving them for once, maybe twice a year for a special occasion, that's really gonna, you know, get the crowd excited about the, uh, you know, the up an upcoming title match or feud. They, they they just give them out. They happen on like a monthly basis anymore. And yep. yeah, you're right. The worst part is when is when the end result is very predictable. That being said, I'm still happy that Samoa Joe is uh, is going to beat Roderick Strong. I'm telling you, it's going to happen when they wrestle. So um, we are just so we are just one coquina clutch away from him facing MJF. Of course, he's going to be Rod. Roderick Strong's been there for what a cup of coffee. I mean, of, of course, Samoa Joe's going to beat him. All right, so let's get into some headlines real quick, uh, and then we're we're just about done with the episode. Uh, we definitely appreciate you all joining us, but I wanted to, I especially wanted to get this headline because I think it may tickle Mister Cage. Here we go. A Steel, remember that guy? Released by AEW. So nearly a week after AEW releases CM Punk following his physical altercation with Jack Perry at AEW All In, the promotion has cut ties with Punk's best friend, A Steel. Punk pushed for the promotion to rehire him after they released him for his part in All Out Brawl last year. Same freaking... These guys are stupid. Uh, once Punk was let go, many thought it was just a matter of time before Steel would be next. And he was. Before Punk's AEW return for the premiere of Collision, he and AEW had been at odds over a misunderstanding regarding uh, bringing back Steel, leading to Punk being removed from the AEW Collision announcement. Only for Steel to be hired back and Punk went forward with his return. See, Punk wanted him at Collision every week. But no, when they hired him back, they hired him back as a, a remote. He worked from home. Uh, PW Insider reports still was released by AW earlier uh, yesterday. 
Steele had been working remotely instead of at the collision shows to prevent issues between him and talent. Yeah, because he's a piece of garbage. But anyways, woohoo! Good job, Tony. Good job. Cleaning out the trash is going to help your show so much more, and I'm already hearing positive effects about the morale. So good job, Mr. Khan. Even though I still say you'd have never done it if you didn't feel like your life was in danger. But anyways, your thoughts, sir? Well, I'm just glad to hear that Tony Khan is continuing to uh, drain the swamp little by little. Um, you know, I, this doesn't shock me at all that A. Steel was released because the only reason he still had a job in AEW after Brawl Out from last year was because of CM Punk. I mean, that was part of Punk's, uh, you know, part, part of his deal with Tony Khan is that, you know, he would come back if he would bring A. Bring a Steel back too. Um, because we know their personal history. And the fact that Tony Khan has now basically gotten rid of all the excess fat from AEW, he can focus on his product, and he can focus on his, his, uh, you know, his, uh, his stars that are, that are still working for him and want to be there and don't just want to collect a paycheck every week and, uh, and make the internet fans happy. The internet fans are happy enough as it is. There's, there's plenty of, plenty of these wrestlers who are on the active roster have incredible followings and are amazing performers. AEW does not need CM Punk. Nope. And now, something else that I found interesting, I think you may also, uh, next headline is, uh, prior to AEW All-In this year, the Young Bucks said they were willing to work with CM Punk if, if there were no more issues for at least six months. Yeah, he didn't even last two. Uh, Dave Meltzer read up the uh, newsletter on CM Punk and issues lead that led to his firing from the company. Among the things in there, the Young Bucks and their willingness to work with Punk, but only if there were no more issues for at least six months. That was pretty, I mean, they're, uh, they're better, they're more professional than me. If the guy would have walked in there, if I'd have walked in the guy's dressing room and he sucker punched me, uh, without even me even saying a word after he got up there and talked about me uh, in front of everybody in a press conference and my friends, I don't think I'd ever be able to work with them. But anyways, one of the narratives had been pushed online by some was that Matt and Nick Jackson didn't want to sit down with Punk to work things out. It turns out they were willing to, even after the backstage fight last year. However, they did have a stipulation on there as somebody very close to the situation and that was to ensure that this won't happen again that punk didn't have any other issues for at least six months well guess what he didn't pass the smell test duh so and i think i think they picked six months because they they knew <laughs> they knew that was one they were going to win no matter what but uh yeah your thoughts sir just goes to show you, you can't believe every rumor you read online. The fact that the Young Bucks were willing to let a little bit of time pass and then say, all right, if this is going to sell tickets and it's going to make money, then we will we'll do business with them. We'll, we'll work with them. Just goes to show you that they, that they can put their egos aside in the best interest of business, whereas CM Punk couldn't. Even though I think I did read a rumor that he was saying, oh yeah, I'd be willing to work with the Young Bucks and work with Kenny Omega and, and all this. I mean, who knows if there's any truth. I mean, people, 
have been saying, you know, it's a, it's only a matter of time before Punk comes out with his version of the events, and that oh, it's going to be explosive when he comes out with it. Yeah, he's he's already coming. He's already has. He tried to bury him. Uh, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but it's in my inbox. Uh, he's he's he's. I don't even. I, I'm so tired of talking about this guy. Uh, and then one last one, because this one here will. You're going to be sad. You already know about it, probably, but just in case people miss Collision uh, last night, you're going to be sad me talking about it. I am happy, happy, overjoyed. Think thinks this should have happened a long time ago. But anyways, Brian Danielson announced last night during Collision his days as a full time wrestler are winding down. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So he did say, and he also was on Sports Illustrated. And other sources saying that uh, he would step away from full-time wrestling and going forward he would be a, uh, would appear as a special attraction and uh, in a role that like Undertaker used to do and Edge. But he will be behind the scenes. We know that already. And we also know that he is the main guy uh, on Collision, taking care of Collision. He pretty much, pretty much took CM Punk's place in a, in a sense. But he will be stepping away from the ring. Hey, 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 goodbye. All right, sir, your thoughts. Okay, Kentucky guy, you're, you're, just, you're just jealous because he, because he is the GOAT. Brian Danielson is the GOAT when it comes oh, to Oh, my goodness. Um, but you know what? Look, um, his body has been beaten up over the years. We know that. He's had a lot of different injuries. He's worked through a lot of different injuries. Um, concussions, broken arms, pretty much neck injuries, you name it, he's been through it. Um, had to take two years off from wrestling completely due to his concussion issues. The fact that he was able to come back at all in 2018 in WWE was amazing. Um, this guy has accomplished so much in his career, and you know what? He deserves to finally uh, say, all right, it's it's time to stop um, working full-time and beating myself up too much. You know, I've got a family to think about, yep. and there's many other ways I can contribute to AEW, so... Tons of respect for Brian Danielson. He has earned the right to finally become a part-timer. He's no GOAT, though. But uh, that's all I have for this episode, sir. What does it say you? You know, I actually have one more uh, story that just broke a few hours ago. Uh, Kentucky guy, I don't know if you even read about this, but uh, this goes. Uh, this is more about the independent scene. Um, but Booker T was quoted recently in an interview saying that Zillafat II, who is the son of the late great Umaga, is no oh. longer with his reality of wrestling promotion. Right. Um, so apparently, uh, I don't know the full story, but apparently he said there were some uh, irreconcilable differences and Zillafat 2 was subsequently let go by the promotion and is now taking independent bookings. Yep, I have, uh, I have, uh, I have wrote down uh, uh, for myself to research that. <laughs> yeah, I did hear about it today, but... Haven't had a chance to look into it. All right, folks. So you've been listening to Against the Mat Wrestling Podcast with your hosts, Donnie Cage and the Kentucky Guy. As always, God bless and God bless America. Thank you guys for listening.